Church, before we begin, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we pray that only your word be spoken, only your word heard, and only your word lived. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I was born in 1985 in Los Angeles, California. My family uh, illegally immigrated to the United States, uh, fleeing the Civil War in Guatemala. They had five children, three perished uh, in Guatemala, and only myself and my older sister uh, lived. And they came to the United States because they wanted to uh, live a life, have a chance of living a life in peace. Now, in the mid-90s, the Civil War in Guatemala officially came to an end with the UN-facilitated peace accords. And at that time, when the peace accords were signed, an initiative begun called the Historical Clarification Commission as a response to the atrocities and human rights violations that occurred over the 30 plus years of civil war in Guatemala. And through that commission, much was discovered of the pain and suffering inflicted on innocent civilians, especially the horrifying attacks in the Mayan community, However, too much was left covered up. The military infected the commission and made sure that responsibility could not be laid on anyone. Names had to be omitted from records, effectively allowing perpetrators to exist as if nothing had happened. What occurred was a frustrating, tragic recognition of victims without victimizers. It all ended up in a cover-up that denied justice to far too many, a cover-up that prevented a lasting peace to come to Guatemala. Now I share a bit of uh, history and family history because the fact is that we're all entering Advent holding our own story of suffering and pain. And there are cover-ups in our story too, conversations not had with certain friends or relatives. Hurt that goes unacknowledged for years, shaping our lives, denying us healing and freedom from the past. And in our culture, the popular appropriation of the Advent season is just another cover-up. These days, Advent is largely seen as a gentle jog towards a comfortable, snowy white Christmas. But that's not what the season is about. I've been mulling over these words by renowned preacher and theologian Fleming Rutledge on the essence of Advent, and this is what she writes. Advent faces into death and looks beyond it to the coming judgment of God upon all that deceives, twists, undermines, pollutes, contaminates, and kills his beloved creation. Advent faces into death and looks beyond it to the coming judgment of God. The judgment of God. I know for a fact that the topic of judgment is highly unpopular in the West, even in the Anglican Church. Historically, the themes of the four Sundays of Advent were death, judgment, hell, and heaven. But recently, we've replaced them with the more palatable hope, peace, love, and joy. And naturally, our understanding of these terms have been shaped by the spirit of the age. 
But in Jesus, these themes are necessarily interwoven with each other. They can't be separated without complete loss of meaning. And so today we must understand that to have peace, you need judgment. In his powerful letter from Birmingham Jail, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. rightly understands the peace that Jesus is talking about. And this is what he writes, and I'm going to read a slightly longer quote, but I want us to think through what he's sharing. I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice. In other words, polite religion gives birth to a peace without judgment, but a peace without judgment is to deny justice. Jesus says that for justice and peace to flourish, we must speak truthfully about what is actually happening. Archbishop Desmond Tutu was once interviewed at an airport uh, during his time of traveling the world fighting against racial injustice in South Africa. And a journalist must have asked him if if having his passport taken would have been the worst uh, turn of events for him at that time. And he said, no. He answered, and I quote, For me, one of the worst things would be if I woke up one day and said to people, I think apartheid isn't, isn't so bad. For me, this would be worse than death. The worst thing would be for him to speak untruthfully about the evil in his homeland, for him to sanitize what was going on at home, which would be the same as denying the evil that was taking place. One of the key decisions made by the Truth and Reconciliation Commission created in the wake of the apartheid regime in South Africa is that they named names and they did what they could to bring light to the darkness. As a popular social commentator pointed out, the transition of power in South Africa by any historical metric should have been a bloodbath, but it wasn't. They named names. As Archbishop Tutu said to the victims, something seriously evil happened to you and the nation believes you. That could not be said of the process in Guatemala. It ended up in a cover-up. And we risk deploying our own cover-up in our community in our very lives, if we sanitize Advent and refuse to speak honestly about what's going on in the world and in our hearts. Listen again to the beginning of our gospel reading. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was the ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Licinius, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. This may seem like mere historical preamble 
But this is actually letting us know that everything was terribly wrong in Israel. The Jews were conquered and subjugated people. Rome governed a highly divided land with corrupt Jewish rulers. And if that weren't enough, the religious leaders were also complicit in the corruption. There were, there were two high priests. The original readers would have known that this was wrong and a perversion of the right order even in the ministry of God. The world was broken. And in the world's never-ending condition of brokenness, that's the whole history of humanity, John the Baptist proclaims a baptism of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Judgment is declared. As we heard from the prophet Malachi today, See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me. He is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. John the Baptist declared the judgment of God, especially on those who in the name of God should have been protecting the widow and the orphan, but instead oppressed them and received handouts from the oppressors. And you know, they killed John. John was beheaded at a party because he spoke truth to power. Yet in his death, their evil was revealed, it was uncovered. Now let's make this personal. Though we might not say it, I bet it's easy for us to feel that if we were there back then, we wouldn't help to kill John. No matter the age, we'd always be on the right side of history. You know, that's the modern narrative. That's the modern fiction. We rail against bad guys, the bad guys, with a tone and a vehemence that implies we are never them. But as Alexander Zuletkin rightly understood, quote, the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. The message of Advent is that evil doesn't carve itself neatly between good guys and bad guys. You know, in his letter, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was rightly castigating Christian and Jewish leaders who in the name of order and in the name of an absence of of tension asked him to more politely request for justice. They didn't want to hear about the truly vile evil happening in the black communities. They wanted polite religion to go on as usual. They saw themselves as part of the good guys giving sage advice, but were actually stumbling blocks to the advent truth that the Lord, he comes not to the wise and great, but to the bound and poor. So low himself that potentates must kneel to pass his door. True justice comes from the Lord. And the Lord speaks truth about the evil in this world, and he speaks truth about the evil in our hearts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? God doesn't sanitize the truth. He doesn't hide it. 
As the Apostle Paul declares, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This uncomfortable truth is the soil from which true peace is grown. And I'll be honest, it takes courage to look into the heart of darkness, especially when we are afraid we might see ourselves there. But that is precisely what Advent is about. Advent faces into death and looks beyond it to the coming judgment of God upon all that deceives, twists, undermines, pollutes, contaminates, and kills his beloved creation. And we stand and witness in Advent, trusting that the Prince of Peace, Jesus, comes to us in the manger. He comes, the Lord, as one of us. And like John the Baptist, Jesus is also lynched by the ruling powers of the age. And in his death, the evil of the whole world and our personal lives is completely revealed. The cross of Jesus is God's revelation to us, showing us our complicity in the evil around us. The cross is God's judgment on the corruption in human systems and in the human heart. How utterly terrifying is the truth. And at this coming, who can stand? You know, when they killed Jesus, they didn't know what we here today must grasp, hold fast, and believe. That the death of Jesus brings peace between our broken hearts and God if we turn to God in repentance for the forgiveness of our sins. Advent is the perfect season to say no to cover-ups. What conversations need to be had in your family? What painful but honest truths are being revealed in your life? No matter how difficult the truth can be, remember that Jesus faced the full weight of darkness on the cross for us. And therefore, we can look into our smaller darknesses, speak the truth, and walk in the light. And as we look to the incarnation of God in that child that one day dies so that we might live, we look to that final judgment when God makes all wrong things right. Not in fear, but in hopeful longing for God's eternal peace when all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Amen. Church, let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we long for your peace and your justice to be made real in this world. And yet we also recognize that as much as we want to be part of the solution, we are always part of the problem. Lord, have mercy on us. Be our strength. We turn to you in repentance and hope. We long for your peace. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.